Welcome to the Life United Podcast. We are all about helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. We know that today's message is going to be a blessing to you. Yes, you are. Oh, Jesus, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Father God, we thank you for your great love. Your wonderful, your intense love that you have for us. I tell you, I want you to just, just look around for a minute. Look at this beautiful body of believers. All because of the Father's love. All because of Jesus being willing to do the Father's will. And because of the Holy Spirit who drew you to him, you're standing here today. You know, I didn't plan to do this, but uh, not to make anybody sad, but a lot of you here today, your moms have gone on to heaven and she's in that great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. I want you just to lift your hand. If you are here today serving God, because of your mom, because of your grandma. Praise God. Praise God. That's awesome. That's awesome. What an awesome, awesome honor that we as moms have to lead our children to Jesus, to lead our children to the Lord. So moms, we just celebrate you today there in glory. We thank you. We thank you. We just believe that you know you know about your children here on earth that are serving you and loving you because of your prayers because of your life because of your example and we thank you we thank you we thank you father for that faithfulness that strength that you put them in to be able to stand and to be able to see these generations go on after them loving you and serving you because of their love for you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. You may be seated. Well, happy Mother's Day. Praise God. We're so glad that you're here today. And um, we are honored to have a panel. They're going to come and make their way here this morning that are going to help us with advice, with counsel, with wisdom, raising the children that God has entrusted to our care. And um, I'm going to introduce them in just a minute. A lot of them you probably already know. But before we do that, I want you to watch this video and be blessed. Moms are cool because they take us shopping. Shop, 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 shop. <laughs> Bake cookies and um, face paint, play dress up. And they get us and they bring us places. They help us and they plan trips for us. <laughs> Dances with us, plays Uno and plays board games. And she's just a really given woman. Like, she is the most generous person that I know. You could really say I grew up with my grandma. The reason why I love her so much is not only because of the things that she provides for me for, is that her, her spirit and the, her love for God. The way she carries herself is very uh, special. <laughs> this morning, she cooked the best breakfast I've ever had. It was Chick-fil-A nuggets with that cheese and those eggs. And she get she got the best, I mean best, um, beans and rice. <laughs> she cooks yes. like every night. Yeah. And they don't they don't burn it like dads do. And they're special because they would normally feed us, change our diapers. They've been oh. talking a lot too much with their oh. daughters. Hey. So what makes my mom so special is seriously her heart. Like she just cares for everyone. Even with the little things, the big things, 
Even when she's going through a hard time, she will come and make sure that somebody else is okay. Sometimes I don't realize it, but she works really hard to give me everything I want and everything I need. It took me a while to actually like realize like, man, she's like working off to just for me. If the relationship with me and my Nana was not there, I can honestly say I would not be here right now. You wake up to her praying in the morning. That's just how godly she is and very strong godly uh, morals. Her house is, you feel love there. Even for guests, like my friends, when they come over there for the first time, they're like, can we go back to your house? Like, I love it there. It's just the energy that's there. She's absolutely amazing, and I'm just so glad and thankful that God placed her in my life as my mom. She's a very helpful resource that she provides for me, and I really adore that, and I'm thankful for God for even having her here. I feel like if you just give your mom a chance, God gave her to you for a reason, and she's, she's made to be your mom, so just give her a chance. She knows what she's doing. Well, as they said, happy Mother's Day. Amen. Praise God. We are so glad that you came today. And I know some of you, perhaps you were here uh, visiting with your mom. And uh, moms, I know you're glad that you have your children here with you today. What an honor. What a way to honor your mother. Uh, before we get started with the panel, I just want to share a couple of things with you. You know, as mothers, you have, we have one of the most important jobs and that's raising God's children. We're raising God's children. And um, we've been given the characteristics of motherhood from our Heavenly Father. In Ephesians 3.15, Paul is praying and he says, I thank God for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Now listen, that father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. That title of fatherhood came from Father God. And because he was the beginning and he created Adam and Eve, all motherhood, motherhood takes its title from God. You see, in the father are all the characteristics of a father, earthly father, he placed in man. And all the characteristics of an earthly mother, he placed in woman. They all emanate from our father. And... Um, we ought to realize, too, that Jesus also is involved in this in helping us. Because when Jesus was on the earth, he was telling his disciples, before I leave, he said in John 14, 16, that I am going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you, mothers, another comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby. How many of you know, moms, in life, you need to really know that the Father God is standing by you. And so he said, I'm giving you another friend. And that friend goes, he talks about that friend in John, uh, same chapter, 14, verse 18. Because Jesus said, listen, I will not leave you as orphans. Orphans refer to children that have no one to raise them. And he says, I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. I'm not going to leave you comfortless, desolate, uh, bereaved, forlorn, and helpless, because I'm going to come back to you. But in the meantime, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, your friend. So moms, I want to tell you this morning, your best friend to help you in raising your children is the Holy Spirit. Sent to you as a gift from the Word, who is Jesus, who was sent to us as a gift from the Father. So isn't that awesome to know that in raising your kids and helping with grandkids, you've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, to help you in raising them. And I think when they're involved, everything's going to be all right. We go through times when we think, Lord, how is this going to come out? What is going to happen with my kids or my grandkids? But he's always there. He'll never leave you. And he'll always help you. You know, as, as moms, we feel honored when our kids ask us for advice and ask us for help. How much more does our Heavenly Father feel honored and blessed when we ask him for help? He's there. He's waiting 
Jesus, the word is available to us. And our best friend, the Holy Spirit is there to help us as well. Amen. This morning, I've got an amazing panel of moms, grandmothers, and a great grandmother to give you some advice, to talk to you about some of the things that they've been through in order to help you as a mom. Now, listen, all the daughters of God, if you're not a mom this morning, I want you to know that you still have been given the characteristics from your father of motherhood. And you can walk in that nurturing motherhood place, even not having earthly children to raise. And I'm going to talk about it at the end of the service. So you listen up too, because your place of importance in a child, in a young person's life is invaluable. Amen. Amen. So all the daughters of God, given those wonderful characteristics of motherhood, listen this morning. And dads, you listen too. Me and you listen too, because you're a part of this in being able to help your wife, to help them raise your children and God, who are God's children. So first of all, I want to introduce Cindy Bussey. Cindy is the mother of three and the grandmother of four. Praise God. Thank you. Then we have Miss Brenda Ware, and Brenda is a mother of five and a grandmother of four. Debbie Trokel is a mother of three and a grandmother of six. And Melba McLeod is the, is the mother of four, the grandmother of three, and the great-grandmother of three. Amen. Praise God. And uh, most of you know, I'm the mother of three, and I get the award. I guess the mom, my children might say, well, I don't know about that. The grandmother of eight. So praise God. Hallelujah. And it is grand being a grandmother, isn't it? Amen. Well, I'm going to ask them some questions, and they're going to each respond. They've all, of course, had many similar experiences, but some that are very different. So we'll start with you, Cindy. Cindy, your three boys were born very close together in age. What challenges did you face when they were so young and then those challenges as they went on to be teenagers? Well, three boys. Three boys. <laughs> my three sons. <laughs> my, my husband used to tap his foot. If you know, remember the show, My Three Sons, he would tap his foot when I was pregnant with a third one doing this and singing this song to my three sons. And I'd throw something at them. Um, the challenge, I think, when the boys were, were young was the fact that they were very close in age and you're just, you're just trying to gather your dithers. I mean, you're just waking up in the morning thinking, oh my gosh, I remember my husband came home one day. Uh, Joseph is our oldest. Paul, uh, Pastor Paul, is right behind him at eight, about 18 months, 17 months. Okay. Uh, and then Philip is a couple of years behind Paul. And my husband came home one day, and I didn't know he was coming home for lunch that day. And he walked in, and I was nursing Philip, and I was feeding Paul in the high chair, and I was throwing Cheerios on the floor for Joseph. And he said, <laughs> he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm feeding your children. I'm feeding them lunch. They're fine. But we would have incidents like that, just funny when I think about it. Um, and one other incident, well, when they were little, that stands out for me was the fact that I walked in one Saturday morning and all the men, the boys, they were little, and my husband were in the kitchen in their underwear, slurping on their Cheerios, slurping, just not saying a word. And I walked in and I thought, I'm all alone for the rest of my life. And I, and I turned around and I went back into the bedroom. I think I called my mom or something. But I know my husband looked at the boys and sent me flowers that week. He said, boys, I don't know what we did, but we're in big trouble. <laughs> and this is a good fix, and it was. Um, as the boys got older, of course, challenges arose. The... Uh, we prayed for our children, but I didn't know enough about praying specifically for my boys. I mean, I was one of those Presbyterian people that Pastor Sam always talks about. And so I didn't, I mean, I, we've been, to, been in this church for years, but I never really, we never really had challenges until high school. And so um, I knew about speaking the word. I knew all those things, but I never had to do it personally. 
because it's just nothing ever came up. Everything was great uh, as far as I was concerned. And then the hormones kicked in. And uh, it was just came out of the blue. And I remember having for the first time to ever get that rhema word for me to stand on, that rhema, that word that just, you know, you're, you're opening up your, the Bible in desperation as a mom, like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, and the Holy Spirit was so kind just to, whoo, that word just popped up, and it just, it just settled down in my knower. I just knew in my knower, if that makes sense. Um, and I remember being challenged with that. One night, we had a situation where our, uh, one of our sons was in a legal situations going on that was beyond our control, beyond our control. And, oh, fear, fear was, it was so easy for fear to creep in. And uh, I remember being in bed, and I'm a, I'm a heavy sleeper. Now, Don's a very light sleeper. And I remember being in bed, and I woke up, fear gripping me. And I remember sitting up and I was saying, no, because the word says, God says that he has given my son a, a new heart. He's taken that uh, a hard heart and turning it into a heart of flesh. And I kept quoting that scripture, that, that rhema of the word that God had given me. And I went back to sleep. Don's still sleeping. I mean, the light sleeper, he's not even awake during this. Did it again. A couple hours later, same thing. And I sat up and I'm yelling, Presbyterian girl, race girl, no, the word says this about my son. I did it a third time, and I remember when my head hit the pillow, I audibly heard God say, well done, good and faithful servant. And the fear just disappeared. And I think um, it was my it was first time for me to realize that, you know, you have a promise, but that promise is your sword. That's your battle. That's what you. That's what you use. And so, when I look about as teenagers, and I don't want to take too much time, but I realize, you know, you're not. You don't always know what to do. I mean, you're, this is this is a guessing game, oftentimes, or you feel like it is, but it's really not. I mean, God knows exactly how it's going to proceed, and to know that. Uh, circumstances don't matter. It's his word that matters. It's his word that matters. And so we did a lot of battling. We did a lot of praying. We did a lot of laughing. And I would look at Don and say, there's something in your background you haven't told me yet. What is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> or something like that. But uh, it was a process. And I think we're stronger for it. And I think our other sons watch too. And I just trust that they learn through that. And hopefully they learn how to watch and mom and dad not always do it correctly, but at least give it a valiant effort knowing what we knew. So praise God. Good, good advice for all of us with our children. Amen. Now, Brenda, you, you're background with your kids is kind of a unique family blend. Uh, can you talk to us about that and some of the challenges that you faced? She's right. Um, we have five children. Uh, when Glenn and I first married, um, he had a daughter, I had a daughter. And so when we came together, we came together as a blended family. But we never used the word step. Once we joined together, we just you know, they were our girls, and that's how we referred to them as our girls. And so there was no favoritism or no division. And so I remember, oh, I said, God, you've given me a chance to, to be able to, to raise these girls. I need help. And then, you know, through a period of time, I started desiring, you know, wanting to have another child. And so we tried for about seven years and couldn't. And then uh, Becky uh, went to Glenn and said, have y'all ever thought about adopting? And he was like, no. And in our culture, it really was frowned upon. But he uh, said something to me about it. And my heart leaped when he, he said, you know, would you consider adopting? I just was overwhelmed. I said, yes. And so sure enough, we went through the process and was able to adopt a little girl, got her as a newborn. And then uh, the day of her dedication, uh, I found out I was pregnant. So I leaned over to Becky and I whispered in Becky's ear, I said, I'm, I'm pregnant. And so I got a two for one. <laughs> 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 and 
so, and then after that, we continue to have more children. Uh, but uh, we, I felt like God placed every child in our home. He entrusted it to us, to Glenn and I. And so we pray over them. We speak the word to them. I felt like as a, a parent, as a mom, that it was a privilege that I was given the um, the call to be that influence. And I'm telling you, I felt like, you know what? My children are going to do great things. And so, and I just, you know, just watched over them. There was a period of time, and my oldest daughter is here all the way from Bentonville, Arkansas, and she surprised me this morning. But I remember a time where she walked away from the things of God for about 19 years. And I got a hold of the scripture that says, you know, the rain and the snow fall, and it doesn't return. But the word of God out of my mouth that's in my heart will not return to me void or without producing fruit. I will not be barren. And I spoke the word that she was going to serve God all her days. And the rest of my children, and I had to do that again uh, for another child. But God brought them back, and they are living for him. And so a challenge uh, I had was the different, we had the different age groups. Uh, and me and Glenn would say jokingly, we had the first lunch shift. Tiffany and Teresa was on the first lunch shift, and then the second lunch shift was the last three. And, but I, I really felt like God gave us a second chance with Teresa and Tiffany. Y'all, we didn't do it right. It was trial and error. Uh, but God extended his mercy and gave us a second chance with the last three. And so, and really just what has touched my heart is to see them grown living for him. And they'll tell me even today, well, I prayed, I talked to God and he answered my prayer. And that is what I've wanted all along for them to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. Good word. I'll just put a P.S. in there. Of course, we've known Glenn and Brenda. When they got married, we were doing a marriage seminar in uh, Toro Hills. And uh, I thought, who ever heard of on your honeymoon? They came to that marriage seminar. <laughs> so they got off to a good start. And I remember believing with Brenda about the adoption. She just, so I said, well, just pray about it. Because Glenn, where's Glenn? He was just kind of hard-headed. And, <laughs> but you know what? God spoke to him. And he came and he told me, I saw myself walk in the back of the church and come down the aisle. And I was carrying a little girl. We didn't know at the time it was a little girl. But God showed that to him. And they were had a little girl, Holly Elizabeth Rebecca <laughs> Ware. Holland is named after Miss Becky because, I mean, God put her in my life. And so we honored her with that. And then Sterling's name is Samuel Sterling. And his, he is named after Pastor Sam because Pastor Sam was a is a spiritual father to us to this day. Praise God. And we're honored to be that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, Debbie... Uh, I know you have some unique stories, uh, you know, raising three kids. And, of course, I can relate because they've been in the ministry. They pastored for a lot of years. And now, you know, Debbie and Paul have been in Africa. But now God's opened doors for them to go all around the world. But um, I know there were challenges being raising PKs. And, uh, but and then you went back to school. Then you became a teacher still with kids growing up in your home. So talk about some of those challenges because I know a lot of – People face that, you know, with working and with kids and ministry and kids. And then you had another unique situation with family as well. Well, you know, as a, a pastor's wife, you know that people watch your children a lot. So sometimes there's a little extra pressure there to make sure your children are doing what they're supposed to do. But Paul and I determined early on that, you know, our kids were just kids and they weren't going to do everything perfectly. They were real close to being perfect, but, 
but we knew they, they, you know, they were just children. And so we tried, we, we attempted to be at home what we were at church. We served God at home just like we did at church. We didn't want them to see any difference. And we were Christians first. Even, you know, before being a, a minister, we are Christians. And so um, we watched other people that we felt were good parents. We um, uh, tried to pattern as much as we could by those, by those people. I remember thinking, because our children are real close together in age. Um, my oldest wasn't three when my third one was born. And uh, so that, that was a, a challenge. Um, but I remember, you know, the big thing was I would hear people say, you know, oh, just wait till the teenage years. Oh, my goodness, just wait till the teenage years. And it was, there was such dread in their voice. And I thought, I've got three that will be teenagers all at once, you know. But early on, we, the Lord put us with a couple who had two teenage boys. And they constantly told us, these are the best years we've ever experienced. Our teenagers, we're having so much fun. We love these years. And, and the woman told me, she said, don't buy into that, that this is the worst that's coming. You parent from a place of faith, not from a place of fear. Fear will steal the joy today and rob you of tomorrow too. So, um, so we determined we were going to have a good time with our teenagers. You know, we did. We loved having them, all three teenagers at once. We had um, a lot of young people at our house all of the time. And that's the way we wanted it. And it was fun. And I think they have great memories of being uh, young people. So I think, you know, as far as a challenge, make sure you parent from a place of faith. Go to the Lord, get your, um, you know, get your game plan, and you can read books, and you can get um, advice from other people, but the truth of the matter is, God wants a relationship with you, and He wants you to, to seek Him, and your children are different than anybody else's children anyway. His um, plan for them and find his path for you in, in raising them. And he has a path. And it can be a joy from day one till the day they leave your home. And it should be. They are gifts from God. Um, yes, and I did go back to school and, um, and got my teaching degree. Uh, my dad actually moved in with us when my children were young. My, my mom passed away. He moved in with us and lived for five years, and it was a blessing. Not always easy, but it was a blessing. So um, I think I, that's what I would just say about your challenges. Parent from faith, not from fear. That's so awesome. Awesome word, awesome word. Um, our last mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. I love everybody. I love all your moms, these in the panel, but I've known her. We've known her since the 80s, and um, the way she is over there now smiling, that's how she always is. Those of you that know Melba, she has such joy, and some of you know her story, but a lot of you don't, and uh, Melba went through, I guess, one of the greatest tragedies any of us could go through, but yet... For years and years, we didn't know that story. And when I found out, I went, oh, my goodness. You never hear her complain. She's always ready to jump in. And, uh, you know, as soon as COVID was passed, there she was right back in kids' world, been in choir, serving anywhere. She's just always ready and full of such joy. So, Melba, tell a little bit about your story and, of course, with your kids and why you have this joy in your life. Okay, I try to do this without tears. <laughs> Uh, when my kids were younger, uh, I think trying to remember, they probably were two, one year old, something like that. Uh, there was an accident, and I accidentally killed my father. And uh, I had to raise them knowing that, bring them up knowing that, and that was not easy. Uh, when it first happened, 
uh, I lost weight. I got down to where you saw nothing but bones in my body because I didn't want to live. I didn't want to keep going. I just wanted to give up. And uh, I walked through life. I just, at some points in time, I even wanted to just kill myself. But God, without me even knowing, he had his hands on my life for a reason. And I didn't know why. But um, he led me through all of that, every bit of it. I can look back on things that happened doing that. When that happened, I didn't know all of this. They had to have like a trial to go to court to prove you weren't guilty. And the reason I know God was in all of this, have you ever had to have a court and a trial where the person that was guilty didn't even have to be there? They had a court, they had a trial with a jury and everything, and I didn't, God kept it, because if I had been there, I couldn't have taken, I didn't have to go. I wasn't there. They were supposed to, a cop came and was supposed to take me to jail. I didn't have to go. I, had, I got to stay at home with my parents. And they had a trial, and my sisters and my brothers, they were the ones that stepped in and went to the trial and was there and did everything. And, and I got, they, they ruled it an accident. They didn't rule it murder or anything like that. They ruled it an accident. And uh, my sister kind of told me all about it, a little about it and stuff. But I went through, I don't know, a lot of worrying about my kids what they were going to think about their mom that took their father's life. And they were only two and three years old. They never really got to know him. And uh, I wondered how they would feel about me as they got older knowing that. And by the grace of God, my kids to this day love their mom. I thought they would end up hating me not loving me, but that's not the way it is. They love me. They honor me, and they adore me, and that has nothing to do with me. That all has to do with God. People ask me, may ask me today, how did you raise your children? I didn't. God did. I, I honestly did not raise my kids myself. God did. I look at my children today, my, my children, my children are 51 twin girls, and a son that's 49. And uh, they all have a relationship with God. They just don't know God. They have a relationship with God. And the reason I know that is because of the time we spend together as a family. And when we're, they have situations and stuff going on, they call mom. And that's how we talk. We talk about God. We talk about how to solve it using his word and his way out. That's how we, we, we relate as, as moms, as as. Um, family as my children and me as their mom and um I thank God that my number one thing I thank God that they still love me and God took the guilt away out of my heart I remember exactly when he did it I don't know if Miss Becker remember like she said she didn't know a long time of what happened they used to have a talk show I don't know what it was called and she asked me to be on it one day and I didn't know what we were going to talk about. And I had never talked about this situation to anybody, had spoken about it or anything. And we got on there with the talk show, and I don't know how we got into that subject and how I had to talk about it. And the moment I had an opportunity to just talk about it in public and out with people all around and the whole on television, everybody would knew. The moment I started talking, it's something like God took all of that pain out. He took all of that guilt out he took all of that whatever it was in me to bring me down and try to make me depressed and give up it's like he lifted it all out and after that moment I never felt that again I just started feeling joy and feeling going forward with him and doing what he wanted me to do with my life and from that moment on I could talk about it with anybody and whenever he needed me to I could tell people about it if it would help them and to this day, I love God with all my heart because he took care of me. He watched after me. I could this day be in jail to this day, but I wasn't. He kept me from all of that. And I thank him for that. I love him for that. 
I love him for how he watched over me and my children when I had to raise them by myself and bringing them up. Every need I had, he met. I'm like most of these, I didn't quote a lot of scriptures. I knew a lot. I read about a lot of the Bible. I was in the Bible all the time, but I didn't quote a lot of scriptures. Most of my life, when things went wrong, I go sit down in a room in a chair, and I just talk to God like I'm talking to you. I just sit down and have a conversation with him. I tell him what was going on in my life. I sit down and just talk to him and, and have a conversation with him and ask him to help me and show me and guide me and lead me. And when my kids needed something, we needed something, he knew about it. And I just talked to him about it and asked him about it. And always, he never failed me. Never. I needed a home for my children. He gave it to us. I didn't go out and do anything to get it. He actually gave us a home. I didn't want to live in an apartment anymore. We needed a house. He gave me a house. When I needed a car, our car broke down. I remember we were going to church here. And uh, he gave me my first car. I remember it. He gave that one to me. It was a Maverick. It was blue. He gave that to me for $500. I was looking for a car. didn't have any money. I was a mom. I had three kids. I was working a job. I was trying to bring them up. I didn't have money to buy a car. He gave me that car for $500. Every car God ever gave me was a good car. Never broke down, held it together, never had to have any repairs. He did all of it. My, my second car, my brother wanted my blue little boy, Maverick, so he traded me his bigger car because I had kids, and that car was too small for three kids. And he gave me his car. I don't know what kind it was, but I know it was a yellow kind of fancy car. I guess it was a Chevrolet. We traded cars. I didn't have to pay for a new car. He gave me his car. That car broke down. And I had no way to get another car, no extra money. A single mom raising three kids had to pay for everything, house, no stuff. I didn't have any money to get, to get a car. And I remember when the church used to have a church van and they pick you up for church. Well, they used to pick us up and we did not miss church. I will say that if I was in church, my kids were in church. Homework, nothing. They were in church. I kept them in church, in kids' world, whatever was going on, Wednesday, Sunday, Saturday, uh, Freedom Crusade. If I came to church, they came to church. School or no school, we were in church. But back to the car. God gave me, I'm sorry. God uh, gave me the third vehicle we need. I said, God, I'm tired of riding the bus. We need to go to church all the time. I don't like missing church. Bus don't come on Wednesdays, and I don't like missing church. So I was one day at home with my kids, and I told them, I left walking. I said, I'm going to go get us a car. That's all I said. I said, I'm going to go get us a car. I left my home walking, and things are different now, times are better. but I walked down 70th Street, and they used to have a lot of different little car lots on 70th Street, and I walked down 70th Street, and I walked into this car lot, and I walked, and I saw this brown, I remember my car, a brown Bonneville. I don't know what year it was, but it was a big brown Bonneville, and I walked in and saw that car, and I said, that's my car. And I walked to the man, I asked him about the car, and he told me about money. I had no money, y'all, to put down. And I left, and I said, well, I'll be back. I'm going to go see if I can get arrange something to get money to get a down payment. I left walking to go talk to an agency I had borrowed money from before for something, and that fell through. I came back and told him, well, I can't get the money. Now, when do anybody that own a car lot do this? He said, wait a minute. He said, I'm going to get you this car. Come on, go with me. I said, okay. He closed his doors to his office, got in his car, went down the street. I think it was a Capital One bank on Sunday Street. That's where he banked. Walked down, drove down there with me, went in the bank, arranged with the bank. He banked with me to get that car without me putting any money down. That was God. Then he, he did it. And we walked back and he went back and he said, here your keys. I drove off with a car. No down payment. He arranged the payments for the car, the whole nine yards. Went home with my kids, drove up, said, here's our car. They all ran out there, was excited. That, that's just, that's the kind of things God did for me when I was bringing my children up. Amen. When I needed something for them, or they needed anything. He made a way. He brought Praise people God. into my life to help me with my children. And that's why I always love him and say, God helped me bring them up. God helped me raise them. Amen. Helped me do everything with my children. And I just, that's why I smile all the time. 
It's his joy. Right. It's not mine. Because I think about how good he Amen. is to me. How wonderful he is to me. Even when I don't do everything right, he's still good to me. Amen. And I can't help but praise him and be happy. And how many, how many years went by then you married your husband now you were single for a oh lot my of years. gosh <laughs> a lot of years a lot of years but, uh, <laughs> well anyway what I is was exciting him five years before i had amber so okay we have to backtrack it and like and that. what i just wanted to say in closing is uh you've been married all these years to this wonderful man yes. and then god gave you a child with him yes sort of as a reward for being so faithful when you are a single mom and raising those kids, and now Amber, she's a she's a precious. Oh girl. yes, she Amen. Is. She Amen. Thank you. Praise God. All right. They all had awesome stories. We're kind of running out of time, so ladies, these are going to be short answers. Um, Cindy, what has been your greatest reward as being a mom? Well, um, right now at this moment, my greatest reward being a mom is watching my sons with their children. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Brenda? I would have to say the same thing, uh, but just to add to it, to be able to see the grandchildren, I'm able to see my children in them. Yeah. And so now it's like, you know, uh, Mimi or uh, I have a grandson in college and he he and I text back and forth. And so, you know, just being able to, you know, have a do-over in my grandchildren. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Debbie? Um, you know, with parenting, the bulk of the responsibility, you know, what they eat, everything is on you. And as a grandparent, I don't have that responsibility. <laughs> I like all that. And so, and so I get to just have fun with them and... and and um, so that's a, a real joy for me. That's right. Melba? My greatest reward is to see my, all my children have a relationship with God. And I mean, not just know God, but they have a relationship with him. And that's my greatest reward. Amen. Praise God. So hang on there, moms. Yes, grandmothers are your reward for making it through the mom years. Okay. Cindy, what has being a mom taught you about yourself? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> my mind's gone blank. What has he taught about myself? This was thrown at us at the last minute, so give me a moment. Uh, I think it's taught me that um, I'm a pretty good mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite son right there. <laughs> Your favorite son, okay. <laughs> no, it, it really has. I mean, I think when you, when you give yourself some grace and you're able yeah. to look back and you realize what God has done to spot yourself, yeah. it's, you realize, wow, he's, he knew what he was doing. He knows what he's doing when he gave you your child. Yeah. So. Brenda? Uh, just being selfless. Uh, I will do anything for my children, for them to have, and even more so for my grandchildren. So just at this level, being just a servant, wanting to serve them, wanting to be a coach, whatever they need me to be. And so um, just being selfless That's and awesome. servant. Debbie? That I tend to be a, a problem solver, and I like to solve them quickly, and you can't do that with everybody. Sometimes you just need to be quiet and listen, and, um, and pray, and so solving somebody else's problems are not always the way I would solve mine. <laughs> Praise God. Melba? Patience. Patience. <laughs> I would have to say, I'll throw one in here, learned how to be long-suffering, <laughs> especially with my son. You know what long-suffering means? It means you do not retaliate in face of provocation. We've had some provocations in your face, and you have, you have to learn not to retaliate. Cool off. Think about that. Praise God. Uh, let me just say this. I, I know he's supposed to be here. Where's my son? Is he hiding in the back or somewhere? Anyway, uh, he, um, we 
uh, I told Sam what I want for Mother's Day, and I didn't feel so bad about it because then I heard somebody say on a Christian radio station when they took a survey of, of these moms and said, what did you want for Mother's want for Mother's Day, the number one answer was alone time. <laughs> so we love you, but, uh, but anyway, I asked my husband, could you take me and my big children, grown children and their spouses, uh, just all of us out to dinner? We'll leave the eight. When you have six grandchildren that are under the age of four, it is not good for all of you to be in the house at once. <laughs> So uh, anyway, we did that, and my son was there, and uh, we had some challenges with him, um, not just him, you know, with all the kids, but um, he had just gone and taken this course to get this promotion in his job, and he, he made like a 97 on the test. It had a lot of formulas and things, so we were so proud of him, but what blessed me is was he called and asked us to please be sure and pray that he would have wisdom and knowledge, and he was quoting the word and said, Dad, I just get in my truck, and then I just turn on my worship music, and we're going, uh, who is this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> But just to see what God has done in him all of his life in keeping him, and that's due to prayers. So get as many people that you know pray to pray for your kids. Our board prayed for our kids. Our staff prayed for our kids. You know, we didn't tell them all the things because they would never have gotten their work done of what all was going on sometimes. And I even had some of my music people when they found out some of the things. I said, Miss Becky, I can't believe you got up there and led worship with a smile on your face when right before you came or the night before there was just this huge thing at your house. And I just said, like, Melby, the way you just keep on going in the joy of the Lord. But um, we have seen right before our eyes the fruit of that with our kids, with all of our kids, with Lindsay and Laney, you know, serving the Lord. So just don't give up. Don't give up. Okay. Uh, what are some of the resources? We'll answer this real quick um, that you used as a mom to help you. Um, we know the Bible, of course, but uh, other resources. Um, honestly, use, I mean, I had friends that I would really admire and respect, but I do have, looking back, I know now what I would recommend is a, a book that I've loved. I wish, had I done a done over, a done over, a do over would have been uh, uh, Loving Your Kids on Purpose by Danny Silk, because it talks about what you want is that heart to heart relationship, not always just obedience to be your number one goal as a parent. Obedience and compliance is good, but that's a, what you want is your heart to heart, because with that, that follows, that's how God loves us. Amen. Uh, I had um, a few older ladies that I could lean in on, but I remember uh, Mama Patsy, Patsy Blunt, telling me one time, because I was in the bathroom trying to clean, change a diaper to one, and trying to, the other one was busy walking around saying no. I said, well, don't do that, no. And so, but I remember her telling me, you know what, Brenda, this is just a short season. Just enjoy them while they're young. And so... Good advice. Debbie. And my parents were in their 40s when I came along. And uh, so I relied a lot on them being a different generation. Um, and they viewed things a little bit differently. My dad was real good. He'd say, you know, there's battles you need to win. And there's battles you just need to let go. Yeah. You, need to, you need to choose your battles. And sometimes he would be with me when mine were little, and, and I would kind of brush it off, and he'd say, no, that's one you need to win. <laughs> and, and so he, would, you know, he was a good, a good guide, and a couple of times he'd be there, and I'd kind of spat one of them, and he'd say, you just made, made him mad, and that's worse than if you'd left him alone. You got to spank them through till they get glad. <laughs> you know, and... I don't know that any of mine ever got glad, but I didn't leave them in a mad spot either. But so they were great resources for me. Amen. Melba. Uh, I really didn't have a lot of people to talk to about raising my kids except God. But you said other than that, well, my resource was my parents, how they raised us. Yeah. That was remembering how they raised us. That was my number one resource. And, and Amen. Uh, Godly parents, grandparents, and relatives are a great, great resource. I, when my son was young, I, I read all kinds of books on ADHD. And I remember one that helped me, kind of technical. It's called Driven to Distraction. And it's written by a guy that's a PhD and all that. And he found out that he had this, but not until an adult. And help, I used to always say, and I, Sam knows this, I wish I could just open his head 
and see how he's thinking on these things so I would know, you know, how to respond. Because a lot of people would say about kids like this, well, they just can't pay attention. Their attention spans this, they just can't this, they can't this. But he was talking about, no, a person that has ADHD is this person. They're sitting at a desk, they're watching something on TV, they're uh, writing something, they're eating, they're, they're maybe had been talking to somebody on the phone and they know what's going on in every one of these situations. But they just you just have to learn how to pick one. Because I know I tried to homeschool him for a while. Didn't work. Nearly killed him. And so, <laughs> like we'd be doing a war something, and he'd know the answer. He's so smart. And I'd say, okay, just write it on the page. Just, just put the answer on the line. Just pick up the pencil. Put the answer on the line. Just, just look. And he'd get the pencil, and he'd say, he told me one day, wonder how they make erasers. <laughs> That's not what I want. Put the answer. You already told it to me. Just write it on the page. So that was just one little minute thing. So when I begin to understand, you know, and you pray and ask God for understanding and how to deal with your children, no matter what their situation, praise God, you will get through. Uh, Cindy, if you could have a do-over, what would it be? Well, as I mentioned before, I think I would uh, emphasize and really pay more attention and observe my children and what God has placed in them. I think when you have them close together like that, sometimes it's just like a, let me just get through the day, you know. But uh, to really to really spend more time, and that would be a little piece of advice right now, is with a cell phone generation, here on the teacher mode real quick, but, you know, don't spend all your time cr- uh, trying to capture a memory, I mean, put that phone down and be a part of their memory because it's their memory. And I think so many times you have that phone up here trying to take that picture. They're not going to know what your face even looks like. So just just to slow down, I think if I do over, I would just be more purposeful, I think, in making sure that each one of those boys knew. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, yes. Brenda? Uh, I would just spend more time with them individual because it's, there's five of them and just you know getting to know them bringing them close um and just hearing their heart letting them hear my heart uh, now that they're older uh you know I don't get a chance to see them as much except for my youngest girl we're close but I would say spending a lot more time with them quality time and I, I always liked my house really perfect and I still do. And so I spent a lot of time doing that. And I wished I had spent more time doing other things in prayer. And with my children, the same thing. Because the house gets dirty again. It doesn't stay clean. So, you know, for you young mother mothers... Um, do one or two little things a day. Keep your house picked up because you have to do that. But don't kill yourself making it perfect. I, I have to agree with that about spending time because that's why me and my kids have such a relationship we have today. Because, because they didn't have a father, that's what I always did was spend time with my kids. I played games with them when they wanted to do something. I did it with them. When we, anything, I spent tons of times with my kids and ignored everything else. But the do-over would not have fear in my life and made the mistake I did with taking their father's life. That would be a do-over for me, not to live my life in fear and make that mistake. That would be my do-over. Praise God. Praise God. Um, I think one of my do-overs would be Because uh, with our son, it took a lot of time. And uh, Lindsay, you know, was great as a little girl. When she got in her teen years, she had some challenges, not not unique to, you know, her, but like a lot of teenagers. So had to, you know, help her through all these times. But Lainey, who is, you know, our kid's church pastor, because she was such an easy child to raise, uh, started sleeping all night when she was nine days old, just was perfect. I felt bad as, as we got older because I think sometimes she got lost in that. 
because it took so much time. So I want to encourage you, moms, if you have a time, a child that is more challenging, don't forget the other kiddos either. And uh, because I remember when she got a little bit older and I'd be taking her to the orthodontist or different things, I would try so hard to get her to talk, you know, answer, ask her questions that couldn't just be answered yes or no. But she just didn't open up. And I think because we had not developed that relationship. But God, you just keep on praying and hanging in there. Actually, Lainey and Amadeus live right next door to Sam and I. Uh, you know, she was, when she got married, she, when she got married, she was still living at home. And so through the years, and now, well, with all my kids, but especially my girls, but her, you know, a day does not go by that she doesn't talk to me several times a day. And so God restored that. But that's one thing I would encourage you. If you have a child that's challenging, don't overlook the other kids just because they take so much of your time. Amen. Praise God. Well, I had a couple of other things, but uh, I know we're running out of time. So haven't you enjoyed them? Praise God. We thank them. We thank them for opening their lives and opening their hearts. You know, a lot of times, some of the things they said, a lot of people uh, wouldn't say that. That's one thing with getting older. You're just like little kids. You just open your mouth and say anything. You don't care. <laughs> You don't give a rip, just, you know, <laughs> go to your 10-year reunion and see how it is from high school. It's terrible. Everybody's trying to impress each other. By the time you get to the 20 or the 30, people are already bald. They're overweight. They're this or that. You don't care. You're just happy to be alive and happy to be together. <laughs> so amen. Just be happy to be alive and be together and do it at a young age. Praise God. Um, just one more thing. Um, we, you, as the women, you received a pamphlet when you came in, and uh, this was put together. We appreciate Alexis with the artwork, but my daughter Lainey found this, and uh, if you notice, on one side, of course, it talks about celebrating the others, the mothers, but on the other side, it talks about motherhood, and it says beyond the, uh, the surface, and what does that mean? Well, on the surface, we see moms, you know, you adopted kids as we did and raised them, or you gave birth and raised them. Um, I know we have grandmothers that have raised their children, but you know what? As I've said in the very beginning, God has placed those characteristics of a mother in all of his daughters, and we need you to use those characteristics not just in raising your own children, but you know, teachers have those mother nurturing characteristics. Use them. Nurses, doctors, coaches, uh, all types of people. One way you can use them that's invaluable is right here in this church. Go serve in kids' world. Now that COVID's over and people are coming back, they've got kids all over the place. They need help. Mothers, use those mothering characteristics that God placed in you to go over there and love on and help those kids. In the youth, help the young people. And still a lot of our young adults need that mothering. We still need mothering, even as grown-ups. Um, so I want to encourage you, don't just say, well, this wasn't for me. I don't have children. Yes, you do. You, we're raising God's children. You can be a part of raising God's children. You know, I think about how many years I was connected with Mercy, was ministries, now Mercy Multiplied. See, Mary out there. Um, those women, those counselors, those people, they gave their lives to pour into those young women. So daughters, we need you to help raise God's children. We need the gifts that God has placed in you. In the pamphlet, it talks about mothers, different mothers in the Bible. And so many times, uh, we can find ourselves in some of those mothers. And then other, there are a lot of other mothers in the Bible that weren't mentioned. Just real quick, Cindy, did you relate to any one of those mothers in that pamphlet? I think I relate more to Mary, just from the thing, you know, God says she pondered things in her heart. And I always kind of wonder, whoa, what did she ponder all those years with Jesus? And what did she think about when she also had other children later on? I mean, just the things that she must have thought and just knowing that, you know, I'm trusting it all to God. Amen. You know? Amen. I related to Hannah. Uh, Hannah was the one that cried out for Samuel and she said, Lord, if you give me a child, I'll offer him up. And so for my children, 
uh, that's been my heart cry, that they'd live a life pleasing to God. Amen. Debbie. I don't think Eunice and Lois were in that, were they? I don't remember seeing them on that pamphlet. But uh, both of my grandmothers had passed away before I was born, but both of them were praying, God-fearing women. And I believe they passed that down in the prayers they prayed affected me and I wasn't even born yeah. and um, and my mom was a mom of a, a woman of prayer and a woman of faith so I believe I gained some of that faith from them amen uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother uh, instilled Lois that's it okay I didn't know their mother but anyway keep your children in church Pastor Sam talks about it a lot about how your kids be involved in so much stuff like sports and this and you'll say well I can't go to church because they have a game or they have homework I don't care what my kids have I brought them to church and I look at their lives now and they even tell me thank you mom for doing that because it made such a difference in that, their lives and it made them stronger and more able to deal with things in their life today that they probably wouldn't have been able to if they hadn't stayed in church. Amen. Can I add this? You know, we had five children, so I had my children only pick one sport because in the system, you know, it just keeps going and going the sports they just you know back back up to one another and so we just said no you do one thing and then when that's over that's it but I'm like Melba we didn't compromise church we had our children in church it was important to us and then we did things at home together as a family amen, amen. that's so important so important well I saw myself in um, believe it or not an, an ungodly person because it, it talked about Pharaoh's daughter you know, I honor so much. I worked for five years placing babies, mothers that had that courage to knew to know that they were not in a position to raise the child. And so they gave their babies up. And and Moses' mother knew that her child would probably not survive if she did not give him to Pharaoh's daughter to raise him up. So I always honor all mothers. They're they're so precious to me that that choose to have their children adopted because they knew at that point in their life they just couldn't help uh, their child live a fruitful and productive life. So that, that's, that's very important. So I, um, and also I guess too with Rachel, who so many years and years and years and years, like saw everybody around them, you know, getting pregnant because we're like Brenda and, um, and Glenn for seven years, you know, believed for children. And God gave us the most wonderful, precious children uh, that you could ever have. We talk about that all the time. They're, they're just all three a gift from God. Amen. So I want to encourage you, um, you know, just to come alongside those, those that decide to keep their children, help them, help them. They need help. They need support. Amen. Praise God. So we wanted to bless you with that. If you did not, uh, did everyone get one? I'm pretty sure we were hopefully that we didn't run out. If anybody, you came through a different door or you didn't get one of these, take this home and study about these women in the Bible. And uh, because God from the very beginning has called all of his daughters to pour into his children. Amen. Praise God. Before we go, I want all the mothers and the grandmothers to stand in this place and we want to honor them. Praise God. Y'all can stand up. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just receive this. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray supernatural grace and strength over every mother. I pray that today has been revealed to them so much wisdom and they're going to take it and chew on it and apply it to their lives wherever they are in their walk as a mother with, with young children, teenagers, grown children, those that are grandmothers. Father, we thank you for that reward of being a grandmother and even a great grandmother, Father, just to see as, as the lady said, watch our children raise their children. Um, help us to keep our tongue sometimes when we want to maybe say too much to them, but just to be there to love them, to support them, to help them in raising their children. I pray a special blessing over every one of them that they'll receive this like the Proverbs 31 woman. This is their God-given task. And Lord, I just thank you that that promise of their children rising up and calling them blessed is theirs. Now you keep standing and I want all all the daughters, all the daughters of God in this place to stand up. 
Father, we pray right now over all of your daughters in whom you have placed the characteristics of a mother, a nurturing, a compassionate, a caring uh, place, uh, one, a characteristic that helps give guidance and advice, a characteristic of one that will always be there for others, that listening ear, that shoulder uh, to cry on. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for each one of them. I thank you, Father, whether we ever physically raise children upon the earth, that you will show each and every one of us our importance of touching the lives of children and young people who are your children. And Father, that there will be great reward in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give them all a hand. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you, if you do not know Jesus, you can be seated. If you do not know Jesus, he's the answer. He's the way. The greatest thing that you can do as a mom or a grandmom is point your children to Jesus. You are going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But point them to Jesus. Point them to the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, next Sunday, uh, we have some things coming up. And I'm going to ask Jeffrey up here. Um, has two boys and soon to be a new father pretty soon in a couple of months. Jeffrey and Taylor going to have another little boy. Praise God. Amen. Give it up one more time for our panel. It's huge. It's great. Big shout out, just real quick, big shout out to Miss Debbie. I can say this, the teenagers that were in the house, I was one of them. And, um, but I don't think she knows how many more people she was a mom to than just her kids. So because of your faithfulness in raising her children and in opening her home to us, many of us serving God because of that. So thank you again. So one more time, one hand, a big hand for our moms, all the moms out there. We love you. Just want to remind you, don't forget next Sunday on the 15th, water baptism. If you have not made that decision, make sure to go online to the website, the app, go to one of our connect points and sign up. Take that next step. If you have somebody that you know uh, or you're going to sign up for it, man, invite your family. Get them to be here to celebrate with you. Amen. So don't forget that. Also, if you made a decision to give your heart to Christ or you didn't fill out the card earlier, do that. Come to our connect point. Let us connect with you. We love you. You are officially dismissed. Have an incredible week. Thanks for connecting with us today on the podcast. And you know, we'd love to connect with you in person at one of our campuses in Shreveport, Louisiana, or in Lake Charles, Louisiana. You can get all the information from our website, lifeunited.church.